0: happy new year welcome to 2021 i can't believe i'm finally saying those words with the new year comes a new podcast guest i am so excited to bring on my new friend nina woidowitz this was my first time talking to nina outside of the world of dm but i felt like i could talk to her about anything and we do talk about everything. From going to the ER when she hit rock bottom with her health, to her holistic rebuilding journey. We talk about the important connection between mental and physical health, as well as the balance between Eastern and Western medicine. Talk about her passion for her career as a future PA student and how to find that passion. Even manifest the career of your dreams. Even talk about Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right.
1: I'm Nina Woodwitz. I am 22 years old, so I'm a little young in in this community. Um, But I guess what sort of inspired me to start my journey for health and wellness was truly when I was 14. I mean, my whole life, my parents have been passionate about um, what we put into our bodies, organic foods, um, high quality whole foods, um, not processed foods. They're from Poland. So the food there at least back then, um, just came straight from the ground. And so that's kind of how we were raised. My mom would cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. Um, but, of course, with that came a little bit of weight gain. So I guess I was a chubby <laughs> kid, but my mom loved it that way. Um, but when I was 14 years old, uh, my s- mom's sister, so my aunt, was trying to get pregnant for a few years, and they, she and her husband finally decided to do... In vitro fertilization. Um, everything was great, everything was successful, but uh, when she became pregnant at, at her third month, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And I mean, everyone knows who knows me knows the story about me. I'm very open about it um, and I want to raise awareness as much as possible, but basically, there was just like a lump on her breast that was overlooked during the screening process. So obviously, injecting herself with hormones only fed the cancer, um, to spread. So she was able to deliver the baby, um, I think two months prematurely, but then she passed away, I think six months after that or so. And so this happened not to me, but for me. Um, however, I was like 14 years old at the time. It was literally summer going into high school. All these hormones were buzzing. All This huge transitioning was happening in my life. Um, And so I kind of didn't really know how to handle it. It was kind of something that I just like blocked out in my mind. Um, When she passed away, my family ended up adopting the little girl. So I gained a little sister, which was great. But it was just a huge moment in my life that taught me really how precious life was. Um, And so ever since that happened, you know, we've we've just paid a lot more attention to our health, um, to preventative measures, which is what brought me, you know, to get my master's in public health. Um, I just graduated from the University of Miami in May um, of 2020 with my bachelor of public health, and I was in an accelerated like four plus one program. So I'll be getting my master's this May in public health um, because I'm just so passionate about Learning as much as I can just to prevent as much as I can and then letting the rest up to God, I guess. Um, But then I went to college and like mostly everyone else, been drinking, binge eating, not working out as much, not taking care of my health, just focusing on school. And then um, I think this was two summers ago, Um, so summer going into senior year of college, I was really unhappy with myself, Um, I talk about this on my Instagram as well, but um, I was put on a new hormonal birth control that just made me go, not crazy, but definitely depressed. I was feeling a little bit depressed, made me gain a lot of weight. And you know, going to undergrad in Miami was putting a lot of pressure on me to look a certain way. I mean, we were in bikinis every single weekend at pool parties. And so it was just all coming down to me, you know, not taking care of myself and um, not having my head in the right place. I was trying different types of diets left and right. I ended up on like the keto diet, which was a huge thing at the time, which was a ginormous mistake. But I'm also lactose intolerant and would eat cheese and processed meat for every single meal. Don't ask me what was going through my head at that time because I don't know myself. Um and then yeah, I was just in a super bad headspace. What ended up happening was I thought I was coming down with a cold. I was super when you think you have a disease but you don't. Oh, um hypochondriac? I, yes. I was <laughs> super hypochondriac. I and so um thought I was coming down with something, started pumping myself with like emergency packets. I wasn't getting better. My friend came over one night. We drank a whole bottle of wine, ate a bunch of cheese and processed meat. I woke up the next day and I couldn't breathe. I mean, I had horrible chest pains. I couldn't get anything down my throat. Like I said, I thought it was something I was coming down with. So I just kept on chugging my vitamin C, my vitamins, any holistic remedies that I could think of to make me feel better. Um, And then two days after that, I I went to work. Luckily, I'm a medical scribe, so it was right next to the hospital. So I went to work, and I just, I couldn't anymore. I felt like I was having a heart attack. I came down with my first ever panic attack because I was alone. My mental health was so unstable at the time. I just didn't know what was going on with me, so I checked myself in an ER, um, and I had esophagitis. So I basically just, like, burned my throat just from... All this acidic food that I was eating from this keto diet, in addition to all these vitamin C packets that I didn't even read the label, you should only have like one or two a day. I was having like four or five in my water. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, doctors said they couldn't do much. They just gave me PPIs, which is a pro- proton pump inhibitor that just helps your stomach make a little bit less acid, um, which. I'm a huge proponent for Eastern medicine, but I think there's a time and place for Western medicine. Um, And so I decided to take those just so I can heal and had an endoscopy, which, you know, confirmed the whole diagnosis. Um, I was 21 at this time, so I was alone in Miami. I just had my friend with me there because it was the summertime. And after that, I went to therapy for the first time ever and that is what completely changed my life. Um, Back then, my therapist told me that too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And that's just kind of the motto that I live by now. And she just taught me what it meant to live in equilibrium and balance. And um, this was over a year and a half ago. So since then, I have just devoted my time to focusing on my mental health. And my physical health immediately followed after that. So... I guess that's sort of my life story and I want to raise awareness and let people know that, you know, they're, they're not alone. And, um, it's really why I started my page and started putting myself out there. Um, just so people can know that it really all starts in your head. Like it's all a mental game. And if you don't love yourself in your head, then that's just not going to show on the outside. So, that's my story.
0: <laughs> wow. I just learned so much about you that I didn't even know there's so much <laughs> to unpack. Um, well, sure. to, to take it back to the very beginning in a story about your aunt, I mean, that's awful. And I'm so sorry. Um, but do you think that that experience had anything to do with why you want to be a PA?
1: Yes, absolutely. So even before that ever happened, I mean, you asked me as a little girl, who do I want to be? And I wanted to be something along the lines of a doctor. Um, and then as I was getting older, luckily I found about, found out about the PA profession, um, which is a physician assistant early on, I think I was about 13 or 12 or something like that. Um, so I also want to raise awareness about the profession because I think it's absolutely wonderful and it's growing, it's getting very competitive. Um, so just sort of hearing about it and talking to other PAs and getting inputs from both doctors, PAs and P's. Um, I think I thought that that would just be the best route for me, um, because it is just like a two year versus four year plus residency. And the biggest aspect for me was you can change your specialty anytime. So as a nurse practitioner or as a physician, you have to specialize in something, right? And as a physician assistant, you don't, you Apply anywhere you want to go, and as long as that physician is willing to train you for the job, then you've got it. And so, it kind of gave me the freedom that I don't have to necessarily um, choose my future career as early, and I could. It's just something I could work work on and really find my niche, um, so I can truly follow my passion. And so, as a little girl, um, I've always been passionate about aesthetics. That's just how I express myself creatively is just things looking good people looking good um at a young age i would just watch youtube videos of tummy tucks and (laughs) (laughs) surgery i was a weird geeky nerd but i mean i still am but that's just something that i don't know it got me excited and um we were friends with like a plastic surgeon and i really got to see how it really changes your confidence Um, When you, when you look a certain way, plus just like reconstructive surgery, Um, like my grandma had breast cancer and I mean, she had to, you know, get both breasts redone. And if it weren't for that, then I don't know, you know, how confident she would be in herself. And then when everything happened with my aunt and the whole IVF and fertility issue, I kind of thought, you know, maybe this was a sign for God that this is a path that I should go towards and so I kind of started drawing that energy in um and my first boyfriend in college we're still together his mom is an IVF specialist so oh, i wow. shadowed her yeah so I kind of like <laughs> dragged that into my life and I've shadowed her and I also think it's very interesting and also a very growing field especially in today's day and age where I'm so passionate about um people knowing what they put into and on their bodies, because a lot of it does have to do with infertility. And so I'm not really sure right now exactly what path I want to go down. That's sort of my goal for 2021 is just getting back in tune with that little girl inside myself and just what really gets me happy and excited. But it's comforting to know that I could um, switch my specialty anytime.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. I didn't realize that Um, my sister, I think I mentioned to you, is um, interested in going to PA school, so she'll have to listen to this. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) uh, That's amazing that you knew at such a young age what you were interested in. Did you have a doctor in your family, or how did you know you were interested in medicine?
1: Um, No, my my father is a business owner. Um, My brother and sister work for him, and my mom helps out with the company as well. So no doctors in my family, but my mom, um, she grew up sort of poor and her dream was always to become a nurse or something in the medical field. And I think she sort of instilled that in me at a very young age. And um, we were part of like the Polish American Medical Society in Chicago. And I would go to all of their fundraisers and just expose myself as much as I could and um, I realized just that it's just what makes me happy. You know, I loved all of my science and biology classes. Um, I sort of just paid attention to, to what really um, got me excited and what I really enjoyed. And I just luckily uh, was able to follow my dreams completely. My parents supported me completely. I had no pressure, you know, to join the family business, <laughs> um, which I'm so grateful for. And, yeah, I'm just excited to follow my dreams, honestly.
0: What is the family business, out of curiosity?
1: My dad manufactures and sells doors and windows and trim in Chicago. Um, They do commercial and residential, so it's partly, you know, sales, partly Manufacturing. I don't really know. I <laughs> don't get involved in those conversations.
0: Okay. <laughs> <but> <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know you were from Chicago. Um, yeah. Also, born that's, and raised. Wow. Yeah. That's a, Where in Chicago?
1: Um, in Displains, which is a suburb, like right outside of the city. It's a northwest suburb. Um, I was born and raised there. Now my parents just moved out further northwest, but. Close to the city, um, huge Polish community in Chicago. So that's definitely why my parents immigrated from Poland to Chicago. Um, we would always complain why they couldn't go to a warmer place like Miami. But <laughs>
0: well, you're there now, so
1: <laughs> now I'm here. I manifested it for myself, so here we are.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, we love Chicago. My sister lives there. My dad used to live there, so we go there all the time. It's a great.
1: It's I just, I don't think cold anymore, but yeah. other than that, we love Chicago.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I get it. I moved to Arizona. <laughs>
1: <laughs> From Florida. You're a Florida native as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So I just, I like the warmth. I'm all about the warmth. Um, so. But yeah, though, that's amazing that you were able to tap into what you were excited about at such a mm-hmm. young age, because I think so many of us, myself included, are just focused on, you know, what society tells you is going to give you money and success and just a happy stable life so to actually be able to think about oh what excites me I would never have even th- thought to do that in high school
1: yeah absolutely and just gaining as much exposure as you can um, my mom was huge on just signing me up for every after school activity that she could possibly think of so I Figured out pretty quickly what I like and what I don't like, and so it's just exposing yourself, bringing yourself out of your comfort zone um, as much as possible, and sort of this journey I've been on um, with my whole mental health, and sort of tapping into that early childhood trauma that I've had is just kind of going back to that child inside of you, and sort of you know listen, listen to that little voice inside of you, and not listen to what society expects you to do or your parents want you to do, etc.
0: Have you um, read any of Robert Greene's books?
1: I don't think so. Wait. 48 Laws
0: of Power or Mastery?
1: No, No, Um, I have heard about him though.
0: Yeah, so Mastery I haven't read yet, but it's like one of those books that I see on my bookshelf every single day and my fiance's told me about it so many times, but basically what Mastery talks about is that little child and all those things those inclinations that you had when you were young whether it's singing or dancing or drawing and tapping back into those and realizing that those were your gifts and your passions and your excitement and if you can tap back into that you'll be able to find your mastery and so I, I that's things I think about a lot this year I mean I was love to sing but I don't think <laughs> that's in my future I do have a podcast so maybe we'll just <laughs> stick there
1: here We are. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I, I got to read that book now.
0: Yeah. Robert Greene, highly recommend. Um, wow. That's amazing. Um, so, and then on your health journey, when you started to, you said it was when you started ta- taking hormonal birth control, were there issues before then or do you think the birth control was really the issue?
1: there were definitely issues um, in terms of mental health uh, before them. I only went on birth control for um, not to get pregnant, but Mm -hmm. um, there were definitely mental health issues that I've never dealt with. Um, Like I said, everything, the traumatic experience that happened in my life, I never dealt with. Unfortunately, mental health is sort of, you know, stigmatized in in Polish culture. And so I never got really the help I needed and I sort of just um, shoved it down and blacked it out. And so I think this hormonal birth control exacerbated the issue. Um, In addition, I think the mental health was just being um, shown through my physical health and how I was carrying myself and I definitely should have done it earlier but i'm so grateful that it did happen when it did and how it did that it wasn't as severe um, as it could have been and it really just shook me and woke me up um and like i said that first therapy session i ever went to was complete 180 for me um just someone hearing you out um with no judgment and helping you realize that the reason you are the person that you are today is because of your past experiences and things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Um, And so I've sort of just been on this whole spiritual journey um, with myself ever since it happened. And I am so grateful for that. I I journal every single day and I just journal how grateful I am for all those experiences in my life.
0: I think you're bringing a lot of really good things to light. Well, one therapy, I think you're right. It is stigmatized and you're not the first podcast guest I've had on that talks about how important therapy is. But I'm also Mm -hmm. glad you're talking about the birth control because I think that has also been really normalized and the, the symptoms that we feel from birth control are normalized. And people tell us that you just needed to get used to it because I had very similar reactions when I started taking it in college where I was so sad. And I actually, this is the first time I've talked about this. I was like, would be like hysterical crying. And my boyfriend at the time was like, what's wrong with you? And I couldn't explain it.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not just like you stop taking it and it goes away, Um, it's just something you really have to work on. But like I said, it just exacerbated the issue and I, it just forced me to sort of be like, wait a minute, what is going on? So now I'm off of it. Um, and I'm feeling so much better, but it's not to say that I am against hormonal birth control by any means. If it works for you, I think you should do it. Um, but like you were saying, I just think it needs to be talked about more. And I think women need to be believed more and heard out that they are feeling these symptoms and that they could be related. Um, And just trying, trying, trying trial and error and see what works for you. Well, I I recommended
0: Alyssa Vitti to you recently because she talks a lot about this, how our bodies as women are in this um, flow that we don't know anything about. And we're always, as women, pushing against it with intermittent fasting, with high-intensity interval training. And there's really is like a cycle that we can learn about and do the proper exercise or re- eat the proper foods at the point that we are in the cycle. But instead, we're doing everything against that cycle. And it's actually more harmful than helpful. And it exasperates these PMS symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. So but these are things I've been trying to learn more about because I have, have always had really bad PMS and that's why mm-hmm. I actually started taking birth control. I was told that mm-hmm. it would um, decrease the symptoms. And now looking back, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this has been more harmful or helpful for me. So do you have any recommendations for like a natural form of birth control?
1: Um, condoms. <laughs> <laughs> <Honestly. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Obviously use it um, correctly. That way it's the most um, effective. I've also started using Natural Cycles. Okay. Uh, I've is- been hearing about that. Yeah, Please explain um, that. So Natural Cycles is the first ever like FDA approved um, natural hormone like not hormonal, natural birth control. So basically it's an app on your phone and you take your basal body temperature every single morning and record it in your phone. And it basically tells you the days where you are your most fertile that you should use protection. Um, and then days where you aren't as fertile that, you know, you could take that risk if you choose to do so. Um, and so basically when you measure your basal body temperature, the days where it it spikes are typically the days um, where you're close to ovulating. So where your chances of, of getting pregnant are at the highest. Um, so it's really about being consistent and it's just something that I'm exploring. I don't trust it necessarily hundred percent yet, um, but it is something that I'm very interested into. I mean, I am a sexual um, health education researcher. I've been working um, with my lab for about three years now I'm now the lab manager, and so I'm basically always confronted with all these up-and-coming new birth controls, and I'm just, it's so exciting just to see that these new innovations are coming out where they are, you know, non-hormonal, not to say that hormonal birth control is bad, but it's just not for everyone, and I think finally we're at that point where scientists are discovering that and different types of stakeholders are discovering that that is what the population wants and what the population needs um and so yeah i guess it's i guess it's exciting but i'm always always finding new and improved ways um to talk about women's health wow that's so
0: important i wish more people would talk about it (laughs) Uh, that's amazing so what are you doing in this lab what have you guys been studying
1: Um, So this was a, it's actually a cutting edge interventional um, public health um, sort of study where we um, work for our professor who started a podcast. Um, Yeah, it's called The Sex Wrap. They started it back in 2016 and they just use it to promote evidence-based positive sexual health information, um, especially to populations that may not receive it. So around the globe, um, different States in the U S specifically have varying sex education laws. um, And most often they're stigmatized. They offer um, not statistically accurate information um, promotes abstinence only until marriage education, And so what happens is people are left with no other option but to supplement their own sexual health information by either asking their peers or searching it up on the internet. And the problem with that is you're obviously not always going to get accurate information. Um, And so our mission is to provide as many people as possible with Just great sexual health information provided in an educational and entertainment way through a podcast. And so we have um, social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have over 40,000 followers on Instagram now. And so as the lab manager, um, after working with them for three years and really knowing the ins and outs of of this lab, I was promoted um, to basically... Look over all the interns that are just a bunch of undergraduate students at the University of Miami who, you know, post on our Instagram. Um, And so I just have to make sure that they're doing all their tasks. I have to make sure that the that the information we're putting out there is reliable and accurate, um, engaging with our audience 100 percent. And really just finding different ways and trends in which we can maximize the reach of our, of our information. So for my um, senior thesis as an undergraduate, I researched different strategies that we were using that really helped us increase the reach of our information. So obviously, number one is being active, um, regular posting, regular scheduled podcast episodes, uh, being as active as possible on these platforms so people feel like you're accessible. Being as relatable as possible, being as relevant as possible using memes is something new that we've been doing in the public health field, which I guess could be looked down upon by traditional researchers, but it's been incredibly successful. Um, And it's so fun to do and create memes and talk about these taboo topics like sex. And I personally love making people uncomfortable because that's how you grow. And and, um, so I just, I love. Doing something that not a lot of people are doing. Um, I'm an Aries, so I am a trail blazer and love I it. just love to do my own thing. I hate copying other people. Um, not gonna lie, I sometimes hate when people copy me, but <laughs> that's pretty much um yeah, what we're doing. So I put out uh we submitted our first manuscript that I was an author on. Um and I presented at a international sexual health conference um, this year, sadly over Zoom. I think it was supposed to be in Puerto Rico. Uh, um, and yeah, I'm going to work for them for my master or my master's thesis as well, uh, where we are going to actually work on taking these episodes and all this content that we're putting out and transform it into curriculums at schools wow. so that teachers can use them. Um, So yeah, again, super stigmatized, um, at least in my, you know, Polish culture, um, as well as in America, is is teaching and providing these young adults, when it's most important, when their sexual curiosity blossoms, um, teaching them the right tools that they need to have happy and healthy sexual reproductive and romantic lives.
0: So important. I think. I mean, all of these stigmatized topics, taboo, quote unquote topics, mm-hmm. are the ones that need to be talked about most because it's just life. It's a part of life. Totally. Sex, um, the female reproductive system. Like, <laughs> I'm done like dancing around these topics. And I hope with your platform, with this lab that you work for, I hope going forward that we can just all get on board with the fact that this is life. And yeah we shouldn't be hiding from it because like you said, yeah, it's all happening anyways, whether it's behind the scenes or not. And it's the education is so important for mental and physical health.
1: Totally. Education and communication. That's what Mm -hmm. we always come back to is communication is your number one asset in life. And like you said, there literally wouldn't be life without sex so here we are (laughs) we
0: have there you have it folks First, (laughs) on this podcast (laughs) that's awesome wow I love to see how passionate you are about all of this that's really that's really amazing um and I love that you have this like interest in like more eastern medicine too because everything you're doing is pretty like western you're going into PA school but where did this like love for both come from and how do you balance it
1: Um, So like I said, the Eastern medicine sort of came from my parents, um, immigrated from Poland, where Eastern medicine was more so used, at least back then, than Western medicine, different holistic and home remedies. Um, So that's sort of where it came from. It stemmed from my parents, for sure. Definitely, you know not taking Advil for every headache that you get, but instead sort of digging deeper and figure out why do you have a headache, sort of going to the root cause of the problem. Um, and obviously after everything that happened with my aunt, I mean, my family has just been super extremely cautious with what we're putting onto our bodies, what we're putting into our bodies. And um, I sort of knew about this as a little girl that my aunt was exposed to a lot of environmental toxins that could have contributed um to this disease not necessarily but definitely didn't help she was um a stylist, so she was exposed to you know all the chemicals from the dye on the daily basis she loved her bath and body's spritz and lotions with our which are just ridden with um endocrine disruptors, unfortunately, uh, which the Common population doesn't know about, and so after I've taken a, f- I've taken a few environmental health classes, and you know my public health courses, especially um, at the master's level, like I did last semester, I learned about how all these different environmental toxins that we are exposed to on a daily basis, nonstop, are really having a huge effect on our health. So that ranges literally from the detergent that you're using um, to whether or not you're having your AC ducts cleaned out on a regular basis to the water that you're drinking. What's in your water? What's in your tap water? What's in your food? What is in your processed food? Um, And so that's sort of where I want to come in is I want to take science and research from both Eastern and Western medicine and sort of merge them together because I extremely appreciate Western medicine. You know, it kept my aunt alive for longer. It allowed for her to give birth to a healthy child. Um, so I am extremely grateful for modernized medicine, but at the same time, I think there's a lot to learn from Eastern medicine that's just been forgotten, um, over the years. And so it's exciting to see sort of this revolution going on right now of, um, us seeing, this crap that's in our food and in our water and that we're putting on our skin. You know, our skin is the largest organ of our body and absolutely absorbs everything. And so I think the key is raising awareness is number one. Um, Luckily I've had the education Um, I've been taught by, you know, all of my professors. um, And so sort of what I feel like my job on this earth is to, Spread awareness um, and just give people the tools and the knowledge to make healthy decisions about their life, so that they could just age in a healthier and happier way.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I'm I'm on board with all that. I think we're very similar in that way, and that's also why I'm getting my MPH because I feel yeah. like I started to almost like peer behind the curtain in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And realize that everything I've been told is a lie (laughs) where (laughs) most people go through life like these zombies and they just take what they're given face value. And because it's on a supermarket shelf, it must be healthy. Whereas I I love that FDA um, term, Mm GRAS, generally Mm -hmm. recognized as safe. It's generally recognized as safe. That doesn't mean necessarily it's good for you. And. I, I just I feel like I've just had such a wake-up call in the last few years where I'm not just looking at an advertisement and believing it. And I, I hope that more people are going to be having the same wake-up call. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you think there's anything you and I can do to like spread that message more?
1: Like I said, raise awareness 100% um, just so people can know and stop supporting you know, these different types of food brands or or detergent brands or any brands that are GRAS, <laughs> um, <laughs> just so, you know, we can f- fuel this revolution and so they can just sort of realize, I mean, we, we see this whole greenwashing thing going on right now, so we know that our voices are being heard, but they're still trying to trick us. And I think it's just really important to get education, to read the label and to create policy change because nothing can really happen um, to everyone. Maybe if you're, you know, fortunate enough to receive this education, but what about those who are less fortunate and live in a food desert that have no other option Mm -hmm. but to get their food um, from a convenience store that's processed? They don't have a safe green space that they can walk in and breathe fresh air and, and they're just, Um, a minority and so that's obviously a lot what we learn about in public health as well is just how how do we get to target these minority groups um, so that they can receive the same benefits as everyone else and so I think the only way to do that is just raise awareness raise education and just really pressure um, put pressure on these big corporate companies to make the change and to let our voices be heard um, and let them know that we know and what we want.
0: Yeah. One of my um, biggest takeaways from one of my classes was just the food insecurity, poverty cycle mm-hmm. and how these kids who aren't eating, or if they are eating, it's all processed food, aren't getting the proper nutrients to be able to study in school, are failing school, are depressed, never go to college, become poor. And it's just a never ending cycle. And it's, you can't get them out without the proper nutrition.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's no way to break that cycle without policy change.
0: Yep. No, I totally agree. I We'll see. We have a new president. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, I just feel like it's never really the focus, unfortunately. I feel like they're so focused on healthcare policy, as in like the hospitals and Medicare and the changes to be made there that they're not looking at any of the food policy.
1: It's ironic, right? Because (laughs) we are spending the most money that we ever had on healthcare in the U.S. Yeah, we have the sickest population that we've ever had um, in this country. We
0: spend more here than any other country.
1: There's a lot to unpack. Um, (laughs) But maybe we'll save that for another episode. That's another episode. (laughs) I could go on for hours. Me too. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. Um, so do you have any tips for the listeners on how to live a more holistic lifestyle? Maybe they're still someone's stuck in that you know diet culture where they're trying every diet and they're doing keto and they're unhappy.
1: Yeah, I mean unfortunately, sometimes it takes you hitting rock bottom um, to really motivate you and make a 180 to improve your life. Um, but in terms of some few tips is just raise like educate yourself follow um accounts that make you feel good that are spreading positive and accurate information that are giving you the tools to really see behind the scenes what's going on like the food babe on instagram she posts um what these different foods have that are really harming our bodies or she posts you know comparisons between like ketchup in the u.s versus ketchup in europe Um, So it's just really interesting to see and to educate yourself that even though something is branded as healthy or good for you or just because it's vegan doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. I mean, you saw my Instagram story the other day where someone was comparing a piece of grass fed USDA beef to Beyond Beef burger patties, which contain 20 plus ingredients, which are including canola oil, extremely high inflammatory foods, extremely processed foods. And I mean, if you're going vegan, you should be doing it for the right reasons. And you shouldn't have to feel like you need to supplement meat. But at the same time, if you want a piece of meat, go eat a piece of meat every once in a while. You know, I'm not 100% vegan, but I have ever since this whole um stomach gut issue really started happening to me. I've been focusing on what I've been putting into my body and I've been trying to buy everything organic and less processed and tons and tons of veggies. Um and during that I've naturally started craving less meat. Um but at the same time I listen to my body, especially, you know, if I'm on my period, if I feel that my iron levels are low, I crave a good piece of steak. And so I'm going to go eat that good piece of steak and I'm not going to be mad about it. And I shouldn't be judged that I claim myself to be a vegan, but I ate a piece of meat. Um, So I think it's just about really noticing what you're putting in and onto your body. Read the labels. Number one is read the labels. Um, This goes with skincare. This goes with Detergent that you're putting on your clothes. This goes with spraying Febreze in your apartment. Like, really think about if it's good for you, if it's not, and just start making these slow changes. Um, Dr. Christian Gonzalez is also mm. very good. I know he's been on the Skinny Confidential. Um, he rates a lot of different products, um, which is something that I'm super passionate about as well, is just um, this whole greenwashing thing that's going on. Um, where companies are seeing that this is the trend, so they claim, you know, to not use parabens, but what about all the other 20 ingredients that you're using? So that would just be my tip, is just follow these educational um, accounts, pay attention to what you're putting in and onto your body, um, and when you mentioned before about trying all these different diets and these different hacks to lose weight or to look better, start with your mental health because there's a reason that you're trying to find a quick fix, or there's a reason that you're trying to change the way that you look. So really tap into your mental health, find love for yourself. Um, I don't know, meditate, journal. That's, those are things that helped me, but doesn't necessarily help everyone. Go to therapy um, really figure out what the root of the problem is. It could be some past trauma that you've never even processed that's manifesting itself in in these different ways as different skin conditions or as different health problems that you're having. So I think it really all starts from within and just providing your body optimum fuel um, in order for it to perform at its best and just do things that you love and that you enjoy. I, like you said before, I was also thinking and seeing on social media that hit workouts were the fastest way for me to lose weight when in fact I would do them every single day and wouldn't shed a pound um and then it wasn't until I found Melissa Wood that I started doing more yoga and more Pilates which is movement that I truly enjoy um where I got to see such a drastic change, like happening to my body and the way that it makes me feel, and I just feel so good um, doing the things that I love. So listen to yourself. Don't um, don't really feed into what society what society tells you.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think there are so many positives about social media, like Finding Food Babe or Christian Gonzalez. And I mean, there's a list of other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then there's also the, this comparison trap where I'm seeing, oh, this person goes to three soul cycle classes a day and she looks like that. So, oh, I need to do that too. And and it might not be for you. I've taken to people to spin and they Hate it. I loved spin. That was my the first time I really felt like I found a workout I liked. I had been running my whole life and didn't care for it that much and didn't right. like, really mm-hmm. even see any results. And I mm-hmm. just thought I wasn't athletic. I would just tell people I'm not athletic. right? Um, and meanwhile, then I started spinning and I got to the front row and was like one of the top people in the class. And I was like, okay, no, I am an athlete. Um, yeah. So it's just all about yeah, figuring out what's right for you and when you're reading the label not looking at the number of calories that was i think the one right. of my biggest wake up calls it's like i went for so long seeing how many calories was in an item when really i should be seeing how much sugar is in there wh- what is on the ingredient list if i'm eating something that's processed i mean who knows what what you're putting into your body and then the more you're just putting these processed things in your body your metabolism is slowing down your body doesn't know how to like digest any of this so yeah you are going to see like weight gain and skin problems and you can be eating real whole food and it could be a lot more calories than you thought you were going to be eating and actually then you see the results it's mind boggling it's it
1: really is it really is but listen to your body and it's easier said than done 100% but I promise you, once you start becoming more intuitive, once you start tapping into your intuition, um, to really paying attention how you feel, to go either either to therapy and talk about your feelings and identify them, or journal in order to identify your feelings. Just figuring out how you feel at that moment. You know, am I hungry because I'm sad, and I was conditioned to eat when I was an emotional distress, like as comfort food, or am I actually hungry because my body needs nutrients? Um, and so once you just sort of shift the focus and you stop expecting this quick fix, which I had to learn the hard way, there's no such thing. um, you'll really see long-lasting results. It'll become a lifestyle. It's not like, oh, I have to do this diet because I'm going on spring break and I have to look good in my bikini. No, it's I'm gonna make these small little changes in my everyday life that's going to create a big change for the rest of my life.
0: Exactly, or going on spring break and then coming back and beating yourself up and going on this juice cleanse where you stop eating. No, like your body needs nourishment to be able right. to recover if, if you have a great time on spring break that's awesome and then come back and take care of yourself
1: yeah absolutely and so something my therapist also taught me she works with horses which I absolutely love horses oh. um it feels like <laughs> they're my spirit animal but um you know think about how a horse or any type of animal lives what do they do all day they graze and they graze 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 maybe they hear something they'll peep their head up they'll think, am I in immediate danger right now? If not, I'm going to go back to grazing. If yes, I'm probably going to go flight or flight mode, right? And so I feel like our bodies are constantly in this fight or flight mode where we can't really hear what's going on inside just because we're listening to everything that's going on outside. And so once you realize that You're not in immediate danger. You are living this beautiful, abundant life. Start taking care of it. Start taking care of yourself. And once you start making these changes, I mean, you're not going to want to go back. There's absolutely no way. I mean, I used to crave McDonald's after going out every single night in college. But right now, I look at those golden arches and I'm like, ew. (laughs) So, I mean... It's all about just making these small changes and not being, not trying to, you know, start doing everything tomorrow. No, just make these small little changes in your life.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it then just comes to you. I like that, what you said about the mental and the physical being combined, because during quarantine, when I, I talk about this on the solo episode I'm releasing this week, I was extremely like anxious and depressed for those first few months, and I fell back into so many bad habits. I was drinking like four sodas a day, even though I'd like give I had almost given it up. I was still drinking one a day, I was drinking four a day, and now I don't drink any at all, and I don't even think about it. But like I was like craving it, like I had to have it. It was like my fix. Now I don't um, think about those things at all, and I think when I started working out again, going for long walks, going hiking, I started wanting to eat better again. Like they just, they go hand in hand.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And even when you do have those days, don't beat yourself up because guilt is only going to make it 10 times worse. I mean, if you're trying to eat healthier, you have a slice of pizza, you enjoy that slice of pizza and you just get back on the bandwagon the next day. It's That's also a big lesson that I've had to learn is just like going with the flow, whatever, like time will heal everything, including all these, you know, maybe food cravings that you may have. It's just, it's a process and you just have to let it happen. You cannot rush this process.
0: It was really important for me to learn too, that if you are craving something, it's even if it's considered quote unquote bad, it's so much better for you to just go eat it than just to be thinking about it and stressing about it and wanting it or to eat it and then to be stressing, oh, why did I do that? The stress is, is so, so terrible for you.
1: Awful. It's, it's the number one killer, I'd say. I mean, it's the reason why heart disease um, mm-hmm. is the number one cause of death in the world today. It's just because from all this stress going on and from all this cortisol being built up in your body, um, it's just about... Living life. I mean, just <laughs> what's that? What's the McConaughey quote? L i v i n. <laughs> Love my McConaughey. Uh, me too. By the way, so much. Have you read the book. Loved it. Unreal. The best audio version, guys. Uh, definitely, you need both. You need the physical copy, because there's amazing pictures that you're going to want to see in there. And then (laughs) you got to get the audio just to hear his voice and the way he's saying it. Uh, That was probably the highlight of 2020 for me.
0: (laughs) Oh, so good. I, yeah, I called my mom immediately after I finished and was just like, wow, (laughs) (laughs) he is everything. I've looked at so many photos of him and Camilla. It's like scary. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. He's, like, number one in my search bar always.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I also loved his whole story um, with all right, all right, all right. I thought that was, like, later in life. He was given that quote. That was improvised.
1: Amazing. Like, first, second, on his first time on set ever. He's just, there's so much to learn from him. I love him. So much. (laughs)
0: <laughs> one day. He's one of my reach guests.
1: Oh, gosh. I <laughs> want to listen to that so bad. <laughs> oh, I will my manifest gosh. it for you.
0: Yes. Thank you. Oh, that's a good segue. I want to hear more about your manifestation techniques because I know you're really into this.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, again, it was something that was instilled by my mother at a very young age. She was the one who taught me to always think positive. Um, She encouraged my daydreaming, which I would do very often, um, just to dream big and follow your dreams as much as possible. You know, they came to this country to offer me and my siblings um, a better life. So she really wanted us to maximize that as much as possible. And so, yeah, it was just something that I naturally was raised to do, uh, was just always Look at the bright side of every situation and just to keep on dreaming. Um, and then when I read, what was the power of your subconscious mind by Joseph Murphy? I believe that was what really kind of put it into words for me is that there's a whole literal science behind this, and there is research out there that 100% proves that manifestation and visualization is real and it is effective. Um, And so sort of after reading that book, kind of just put everything into perspective for me. Um, And it's just something that I'm constantly working on. If I want something in life, Um, I just visualize it and I put all of my energy towards it. And it's just, as long as you have good energy um, around you, including people who you spend time with. Um, I met my best friend in college, um, Health and Body. She's on Instagram. I think you follow her as well, Emily. We sort of had this relationship with like, she's my soulmate, even though we're friends and <laughs> we both have boyfriends. She, I think is my soulmate in this world because We just lift each other up like no other and we encourage our dreams for each other and we ask each other, what do you want? What are you dreaming about? What do you crave? And it's just like finding these people that are going to lift you up and really cutting out toxic energy out of your life, I think also made a drastic change. Um, Obviously in college, you're like forced to be friends with people that you don't necessarily want to be friends with. Um, you go in the same room as them. And I've always just been a huge – I've always felt energy from other people. Um, and so after graduating college, like, it's so much easier to cut those toxic ties um, and t- and just surround yourself with good energy um, just so you can – it's easier to manifest things that way when you just have this open channel of energy. And so if you really want something – focus on it 24 seven, you know, daydream about it, visualize it. If you want a house, what's it going to look like? What's it going to smell like? How are you going to decorate it? You want to see yourself already at that destination. You don't want to be like, Oh, I really want this. You're, you're supposed to be like, no, I am living this life. I do love myself. I love my body. I love the way I feel. I am living in my dream house. Like you want to visualize yourself already there. Um, And journaling has also helped that a lot. A recent trick that I've learned from Maggie McDonald, she started journaling, not just like dear diary, this is how I'm feeling, but she started keeping a separate journal where she would write about her living her dream life. So she recently, um, got veneers where she was super insecure about her teeth. And so a few months prior to that, she was journaling about, I love my teeth and I feel so great with my smile. I am so confident. So once you do that every single day, eventually the pieces start showing up and they start falling into place. And so I've always been a huge believer that any opportunity that we're presented with in life is a product of our manifestations. So anytime I was offered a job or a research opportunity, or I never thought I would want to get my master of public health. But one time in my public health class, these ambassadors came in to talk about this four plus one program. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to believe that this is a sign that this is what I should be doing. And I just took it. And I don't even think twice about it. I was offered, you know, my medical scribe job because some girl from the like physician assistant club I started in college was like, Hey, I got into PA school. Do you want my job? Heck yeah. I want your job. I manifested this for myself. So it's just like, it could be naive in a way, but I mean like, who cares if you're living like that? You, If I am, like, living a little naive life, as long as I have purpose and that I am happy about it, like, I'm going to keep on doing it. And so it's just about follow those dreams and look at the signs from the universe because they're there.
0: Oh, I totally agree. Um, And, I, yeah, if you're thinking about it and you're aware – you're going to see the signs. That's the thing is the signs are always there, but if you're not manifesting or envisioning, like you're just going to miss them. You're going to keep walking. Um, But they are always, I have the same experiences all the time too, where I'm, my fiance and I are talking about something or I've been actively thinking about something and then suddenly someone says something and I'm like, that was the question that, that was the answer that I needed for the question that I had or like something like that. Um, It's mind blowing.
1: It really is. I mean, like you just said, and that moment can happen where you're just like, wait a minute. No, but it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. And you just got to start believing in it. Got to believe that there's some higher power out there because I mean, what else is the meaning of life? You know, I mean, you could just be a realist quote unquote, or a pessimist and just think that we're here to just do nothing. But I believe that we're here to fulfill. um, Each one of us has a mission to fulfill uh, in this life. And just living that way is just so much happier. You're just going to be so much happier. So really start just shifting your perspective um, and just start loving your life because you never know. You never know.
0: I completely agree. There are no coincidences. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so you journal your dream life. What other things do you journal about? Is it just like free writing or what do you do?
1: pretty much free writing. Um, I give myself at least a page to do a day. Sometimes it's hard to fill up that page. Other times I need five pages to express how I'm Mm -hmm. feeling that day. Um, it's something I'm very new to that my friend, um, Emily, like I was mentioning earlier, she introduced it to me because I was not going to lie. I was pretty skeptical, skeptical about, um, journaling, but once, I started my whole like mental health journey, which she's a huge proponent of as well. Um, I've just kind of been doing it and it's, it's been working for me so far and I'm always looking for new and improved ways to do it. So I have been recently starting to journal, like I said, um, about living my, my dream life and that was maybe a month ago. So maybe we can check back in a few months and see if it works or not. (laughs) So can you give us
0: a a peek into that dream life?
1: (laughs) Well, um, I want to get into PA school, obviously, so I'm applying this spring. Um, I'm going to be taking GRE and whatnot, so my dream life includes getting into physician assistant school, which I have no doubt that I will, Um, and if I don't, then I don't, and I trust God completely that maybe it wasn't for me, so that's just sort of how I'm living my life right now, is stress-free, and just whatever happens, is meant to happen, um, I'd love to stay in Florida. Um, but again, if I end up getting in somewhere else, like that's where I am meant to go and yeah, just live, live, a, continue to live my life in a happy and healthy way. Um, hopefully open up my own practice or med spa one day and. Oh, wow. Nice. So we'll see.
0: I'll be your first customer. Yay. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. And you, do you journal in the morning?
1: Yeah. Typically, I, I journal in the morning. I have a whole morning routine where I'll wake up. I'll make my bed. Um, I'll go make my warm lemon water, which I absolutely swear by. And, and then I will meditate, journal while I do my infrared light therapy. And then I'll do a little bit of movement. I will take my Wim Hof cold shower. Oh um,
0: nice. I have yet yes. to implement that.
1: Yes. It's you get used to it. But uh um, it really makes me feel so good and it stimulates that vagus nerve. Um and then yeah, do my skincare and start my day. But obviously if something happens later in that day where I feel like I am being very reactive and not in tune with my feelings and my emotions. I'll usually meditate for five or ten minutes, um, have a little journaling session, and just let it all out.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, those tools are always there for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have a style of meditation that you swear by?
1: Not necessarily. I really enjoy Melissa Wood's um, meditations and... People always say, you know, I, I can't do it, but it, it takes practice. Just like with, with everything else, um, it's a sport. It's a brain sport. Your brain is a muscle that you have to exercise. And so the more you do it, the easier it's going to get, the longer you can go, you can do a meditation, the deeper um, state of mind you can get into. So, um, like I said, I've only been doing it ever since this all all started for me, this whole journey. So maybe a year, a year and a half. Um, but for now I've been really enjoying Melissa Woods uh, guided meditations, which, which they're nice, but slowly I'm finding myself listening less and less, um, to what she's saying and honing more in on my breath. So maybe one day I won't even need a guided meditation and I can just, do it myself, which would be great. But I love Melissa Wood. Yep.
0: That's awesome. That's a great tip. I, I also felt just for my own meditation that when I was forcing it, it wasn't working for me. I was like making myself do, you know, several minutes on an app. And then I was posting it on Instagram. Like, look, guys, I meditated. And that was, I mean, that was like nonsense. I was like a waste of time. Yeah. And it was really when I, yeah, when I was just sitting journaling and decided I'm going to sit here in silence. Like those, those have been the most effective meditations for me.
1: Yeah. Start small, do not get discouraged. Um, even a few minutes a day. And it's normal to have those thoughts come up. I mean, people think about meditation being like, I'm just going to sit there and not think about anything. No, I have thoughts come up, but it's about letting, it's about seeing those thoughts literally coming up in your brain, recognizing them, and then choosing to go back to your breath. So that is really what meditation is. And yeah, maybe once you get, you know, super good, those thoughts will stop rushing and coming in. But it's just a great way to slow yourself down and just to focus on things day by day and to just be less reactive and just to really take a pause and see, is this argument worth having in this moment right now or should I just let it go?
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so one question I've been wrapping up with, with everybody is what do you consider your gift?
1: Well, (laughs) I think that's a lifelong journey in order to answer that question. But, um, you have introduced me to human design where I've discovered that I am a projector, which means that. I give light to others to see things in new and innovative ways. So I just got the chills saying that because me too. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've sort of it, it put it all into, you know, visuals and words for me once I discovered my human design, but I've always sort of felt like I was blazing this path and learning these hard lessons in order to make it easier for everyone else. So I really think that my gift on this earth is inspiring others, providing others with, um, the knowledge and the tools to make their lives healthier and happier. And I think that the most effective way I can do that is by becoming a physician assistant, um, where I can have, you know, direct intervention on people's health and people's lives, which is why I started my whole page was just so I could be more relatable um, to my future patients and just so they can sort of have someone to look up to, but also see that I also make mistakes and that it's okay. And I just want to provide others with a new perspective um, to look at certain things in a different way.
0: You have no idea how much I love that answer. (laughs) It all goes back to human design. (laughs) It's the greatest permission slip I've ever received. Cause I also, it put into perspective so much in my life, like things that I would not understand about myself that I'd be like, why do you do this? This isn't normal quote unquote. Like Mm -hmm. um, I'm a generator. So I just, I never stop. And I, people would say like, why are you doing so much? Like stop, slow down. And I, I literally can't. And it's, okay, because I'm a generator and I know that now.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's all about just discovering yourself. And like I said earlier in the episode, just realizing that the person you are today is due to your past experiences and things don't happen to you. They happen for you and just live in life, taking it day by day and live and letting live. So just leave what you can control up to you and what you can't control up to God or the universe or whatever higher power um, that you believe in.
0: That's beautiful. I think that's a great place to stop. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to Lit Up With Low. Please head to the show notes for all of the resources discussed in this episode, including how to connect with Nina. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And best wishes for a very happy new year. I'll see you next Friday.